This is the Build Our Future podcast. We shape our buildings, and afterwards our buildings shape us. A window into the past, present, and future of the construction industry. There's still a lot of unlocked doors. Clarity with design, craftsmanship with the build. There's still a lot to find out and do and invent. Collaboration for our future. You know, I don't think it's the end of the invention. The Build Our Future podcast with Raul Faria. Let's build. Begins now. Welcome to the Builder Future Podcast. Very happy today to have Leroy BB from Level. They also go by Check the Level as well. We're focusing today on residential project management solutions. Leroy, pleasure to have you here today again. That's great to be here, Raul. So tell me a little bit more about yourself and you know what Level is. Where did this idea concept come from? Yeah, uh, so a little bit about myself. I'm originally from South Africa. I come from a family of entrepreneurs. My mom is a clinical psychologist who started a psychiatric ward in South Africa. Uh, and my dad spent over 40 years in the construction industry. And then growing up with them, I quickly realized because they didn't have a background in finance and management accounting, they often struggled a lot of the time with managing that part of the business. I mean, one of the nightmares that I heard my dad once say is, you know, like revenue equals profit, which is not the case. <laughs> <laughs> kind of led me down this path of becoming a chartered accountant where I qualified at KPMG in Cape Town, sort of fell in love with business and wanted to, you know, branch out my skills even further. And that journey took me down to, uh, well, up actually to the University of Toronto in Canada where I did um, my MBA. Oh, fantastic. So it's uh, kind of hilarious because as parents, we always want our kids to do better than we are and learn from their mistakes. And sounds like you've taken that literally and, and, yeah. and started forging ahead with Level, right? Yeah, exactly. And I guess there's a good segue into what Level is. Although we, spy, we aspire to be a project management solution, at this time, we're really focused on time tracking. So we're an activity-based time tracking tool that helps contractors make more informed decisions about their estimates as well as calculating the market value of their workforce right so for example if you're able to track the time of a certain activity on the job site let's say drywall for example you can make decisions like all right should i be contracting this out or is my employee who's not a specialist in this space able to do the job just as well or should I actually give that person the tools or invest in assets to help them do their job better? Nice. So it uh, goes back to what you're saying is revenue doesn't necessarily equal profit because what, you, what you're trying to do is you're trying to understand how effective and efficient your workforce actually is in specific jobs tasks as it pertains to a residential site, whatever that might be. Exactly. And as we all know, labor is the most valuable resource on the job site. A lot of contractors have that problem of getting good skilled labors, uh, skilled trades on the, on the job site. I mean, and then there's the issue around, you know, for every three skilled trades leaving the industry, one is entering. So as a business owner, a good way to mitigate that risk is just knowing your numbers, especially around that piece, right? Oh, nice. So, so tell me about your co-founder, Riley O'Brien, and uh, how, you know, that partnership formed was like a meeting of the minds and you guys had both two different uh, thoughts about what you guys wanted to do and they kind of fit together perfectly. Or was it more like, you know, you both came from certain experiences that kind of really just melted together really well? Yeah, that's a great question. 
you know, we're not the typical startup story. Normally, the typical startup story is you've known your co-founder for years, you know, you start a business together, and you basically know how each other thinks without even being in the same room. You know, Riley and I, I know the exact date, met on like the 12th, at Mo- 12th of March, 2019 on Richmond Street here in uh, Toronto. And, you know, Basically, we both went to this event to network with other people interested in startups. I always had the bug of wanting to start a company. And I met Riley within the first 15 minutes of going to that event. And we often joke that we both went there to network with people. But 90 minutes later, after you know meeting each other, we didn't network with anyone. So there was definitely something there. We clicked on, you know, having quite similar backgrounds, even though he's Canadian born and I'm South African born. You know, his dad is an electrician, also spent over 40 years in the industry. I mean, he built pools in college. So, you know, he had that background in construction too. And, you know, we both clicked on the problems that Level solves for on that first meeting. And we just started working together and realized we gelled really well. Nice. So was the first off- offering actually the time tracking software? Is that what you kind of came into the market with? Actually not. Rarely does a startup, I think, have an initial idea and that initial idea. Yeah, is, that's why I'm know. asking, like, what, what, then what actually did you start with, right? <laughs> when we started the idea, we, we were fortunate enough to have an awesome business to start testing some assumptions around. And the general contractor that we were using worked a lot with commercial clients like Nike and Lululemon and so forth. And those clients required daily updates on the progress of renovations and maintenance on their property. And that meant that photos were a big thing that they needed to manage. And they just weren't finding a good way to manage photos either through Google Photos, you know, SMS, email. Email, yeah. When we first started Level, it was actually just a photo management app. It was like, okay, you've taken photos on the job site. This is a good way to manage that, right? Oh, that, like I said, the original thought concept of the gap and then kind of kind of changes with time as you start working with partners in the industry and say, okay, there's a need for that, but there's a greater need over here, right? So that's that's pretty awesome. And and so when you first came in, were there were there some kind of challenges in the market? Uh, because there seems to be a, a few, you know, workforce management tools, project management tools out there, but they all kind of focus on so many different ranges in the industry and and nothing necessarily specific for, you know, a residential contractor, shall we say, right? I think, you know, some of the initial challenges we had was trying to find the problems that really resonated with contractors, especially in the space, because there are thousands of problems in construction, right? And you can often see, you know, companies that start off really well trying to solve a specific idea in the space quite quickly become very complex and messy and require, you know, a PhD almost to use the tool. And that's been a big complaint that's come through, uh, you know, a lot of our interviews and research. So uh, we're always conscious of, you know, being sure of the problem that we're solving. And that's kind of the North Star, right? Like we had it on our whiteboard when we had our office, like this is the white star, that the North Star that we're, you know, trying to solve the problem that we're trying to solve. And that North Star right now is just really helping contractors become more profitable right no that that's so true because sometimes the onboarding process takes months just to kind of understand the system and then onboarding your subs and your team takes another few months and so that kind of commitment level sometimes takes a little bit of time to evolve and i guess maybe a hesitant 
contractor might not want to jump on board to invest that kind of money for such a long period of time, right? So how is your onboarding process different? Like when you are first trying to bring somebody on, like, uh, you know, you, you mentioned, you noticed that that was some of the challenges. So what did you guys tweak? What did you guys change um, to kind of make that process easier? As I mentioned, like the tool is activity based. So the big challenge that we faced initially was how do we break up a project into meaningful activities that the contractors can derive insights from? And what we realized was the best place to start is the estimate, right? The estimate breaks everything down according to labor. Uh, well, if it's a good estimate, breaks it down into uh, labor costs as well as material costs and so forth. And that's generally our starting point. So we sit down with our contractors. We say, okay, give me your estimate. Let's break this down. Let's see where your labor costs are because those are your KPIs. We want to make those numbers better. What is your error factor? Let's reduce that, right? And we just move that way. And that just helps, you know, improve the market, make better decisions because often Often there's a mantra that I love living by and, you know, it recently came across my table was contractors are hyper competitive in this industry, right? They want to know what their next door neighbor is doing, but that's actually doing an extreme disservice to their business. What you want to do is be very disciplined and you want to be profitable, not competitive, right? So that's a big thing that we try and push to our users is, you know, if you have discipline, don't let what we call FOMO, the fear of missing out, you know, take control of you. You actually want to mark up because the statistics on the number of businesses that actually make it past year three and past year, actually past year 10 is quite shocking in this industry. I think like 10% of construction companies make it past year 10, right? 70% fail before they get to year three. So no, that that makes sense. And, you know, with that, did you find the buy in a little bit challenging with some of the contractors or it was more you had to almost walk them through the process to because sometimes we're hard headed, right? Like uh, I'm a contractor, too. Sometimes we know what's best. We know what's best. Right. But really, when you dive into the numbers, sometimes you don't really understand where the loss is. You can see the profit, but you don't know exactly where you've lost. That's definitely been a challenge for us. That's why, you know, typically when we go after clients, they are clients that have been established in the market for quite a while. They've had, they've, they've gone through the pain points and the mistakes and they understand how, you know, knowing your numbers really well and keeping an open mind actually makes your business much more sustainable in the future. You know, I love the industry is hard-headed and it is what actually makes the industry right like as entrepreneurs most of us are initially hard-headed we have a chip on our shoulder we want to prove people wrong but it's that mentality that gives them the entrepreneurship but you also have to have a growth mindset to be successful in your venture right which is like okay i am wrong let's let's see how i can learn and grow from any information well, that I, well I won't say that i'm wrong but i will say there's a better way how about that <laughs> 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 so, so listen, tell me, you know, it's one thing now to have, a, you know, your project manager or your estimator who's typically in the office, uh, even in a residential firm that's looking for growth, they're not necessarily on the tools all the time. So walk me through the process of, you know, a how an office could look at things off your system, but also now the field people, how they look at things and there is a fuse because, you know, when they're on site, they don't want to be filling, filling, filling stuff out of the phone. For whatever reason, they'd rather write it on a sheet of paper, right? Yeah. So just walk me through what both processes are like. So yeah, I think uh, it's important to start on the field side. You know, Level was, we're a mobile first company, right? Web came after. Uh, we were really strict on the fact that 
the most important user that needs to buy into our product is the guy on site. And we actually designed Level to be super easy, super simple. One of the things we often said is we, you know, modeled Level after popular social media apps like Instagram. So if you have to post a photo, it's almost like two, three clicks and you're done. Exactly. And most field workers know how to use those tools, right? So from that standpoint, when we built the product, you know, giving it to a field worker, they could figure it out within 30 minutes, right? It's really easy to use. You click your product. It feels a lot like WhatsApp, funny enough. And just go in your project. There's a big button there that says clock in. You clock in and then there's all your tasks that you've sort of assigned to. From the office side of things, we do have a desktop app that is being worked on and upgraded continually. But another thing that we heard in the industry and what people love about our tool is that the translation from the mobile device to the desktop device is is very minimal. So it feels very much the same because often what people complain about is they go into the web app and it looks very different. So different. That's right. No, I agree. Is that, so is that part of how Level has evolved since you guys, you know, first came out with pretty much the daily update kind of thing with the photos and the progress on the site. Like, you know, now you've brought in the web portion of it. Now you've added, you know, work for it. Like, you know, what they clock in and they see all their tools on the day. What else have you kind of added over the years uh, to this point? Yeah, that's a great question. So there's constantly a lot of things that we would love to be adding. I think as a SaaS company, you're always facing that challenge of there's so many awesome features out there, but what are the, you know, the low hanging fruit that you can excel at so that you can raise the capital and build those other features out. I would say that the next feature that we're really focused on uh, managing is tasks. So I'm not sure how many tasks there are for a project manager on a job site. I It's well into this, you know, the, four figures, maybe five figures. So, you know, we're really focused on creating templates that project managers can create that just automates that experience of creating your task list or your checklist or even your punch list, right? Because a lot of the time project, if you ask a project manager, how do you manage your tasks? They'll tell you it's either on Excel in a note notepad or in their head, which are just really siloed sources of information and make it very poor to collaborate through, right? Another way they uh, resolve tasks is by reacting a lot <laughs> instead of being proactive. Because like you said, most stuff is in an email that they got to filter through or it's in their head that they got to try to figure out. And, uh, like the whole gamut of a project is not necessarily there in one spot, right? I found intriguing that your software also uh, integrates with quite a few, I think, much needed systems, right? I mean, uh, can you talk to, uh, a little bit to me about, you know, some of those? I think I think there's a couple there that I, f- I find anyway pretty unique. Yeah. Ah, great. There's the classic that we're, you know, we, we're building out integrations with, you know, QuickBooks. I think you're referring to Zoho. What we realized was, you know, if you start looking at the larger construction companies, a lot of the key functions within a business start to move into their own departments. It's quite common that accounting moves into its own department, sales moves into its own department, and then, you know, operations moves into its own department. And if when we looked at the, the, the landscape, you know, the market landscape of who our competitors are, generally speaking, they're all an all-in-one software solution. I don't want to, you know, avoid want to say saying any of their names, but that becomes very frustrating as a large organization, especially if you're managing your customers through a different CRM. Because in no, like, I'm a big believer that you know, 
specialization is really important. And if you do too many things, there's no way you could, you know, outperform someone spe- specializing in that specific task. And I think CRM is is such a huge piece in the market right now around technology, how you manage your customers, how you, you know, you know you're, you're able to get that information really quickly. So incorporating a CRM tool into our app, just it, it wasn't part of our, our mantra of like, um, keeping things simple as well as, you know, there's no way we could outperform Zoho or even HubSpot and those other ones. Yeah, I was referring to Zoho funny enough because you don't see too many integrate with, you know, some of the, let's say smaller style CRM softwares and, you know, most residential uh, firms, you know, when they do bathrooms or interior interiors of, of homes, they don't necessarily have that uh, firepower to invest in the, the much larger kind of platforms, right? But I love that you guys are integrating with QuickBooks. I know it sped up my uh, my controller's time so much with uh, when we were using uh, ClockShark. Uh, this was years ago, and it just syncs right away, and it's just easier. And perfect part is now you're, you're looking at a spot where you're looking at time and cost as well, because they, depending on who you put on, now you can start adjusting, you know, how much estimate for a certain thing, depending on who you're putting on, depending on how much you're paying them too, right? Just to add to that, uh, Rahul, we also offer custom integrations. So yes, we focus on CRM tools, but there are plenty of estimation tools out there that do an awesome job, right? We can work on plugins for that. A lot of, you know, there's actually quite a few, especially if you look at Silicon Valley, the number of general contractors coming out of there that are technology first, building their own tech stack just to manage, you know, schedules and so forth. It's quite interesting to see how that landscape has changed and they're looking for plugins, right? Yeah, no, I, I completely, you know what, it's funny, I think that the the integrations are endless, you know, because as we, as we start having that growth mindset as a company, you start realizing that, as you mentioned, the specialists in certain areas, that now you can start plugging into systems that give you a holistic approach and holistic view of your entire business. Because, you know, I, I, always, I always joke that when you're on a construction site, it's not just one thing. It's a bunch of different companies, suppliers, people that all have to fit together. And it's no different from a company perspective as well, right? Yeah. And there's a, yeah, there's this, you can keep going on that list, right? Like, I, think, I, think, I think I took the words out of your mouth there. But. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, how long, uh, how long have you guys been around and what's the response been like in, in the marketplace so far? So yeah, we founded the company in September. So we're just under a year old, really young. I mean, we started out, to be fair, um, you know, we started our working together on the project in about March, doing a whole bunch of validation in the market about what was the problem that we we're trying to solve and, and so forth. But yeah, the, the uptick has been great. What's What's been, you know, what warms my heart every time I go out and show people the app and teach them how to use it is just seeing the young guys, like the young skilled trades, just picking it up so quickly. Quicker than 30 minutes, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they love it, right? Like, I think one of my skilled trades, I was at a, a luncheon there the other day or, you know, a workshop and um, one of the skilled trades of the world is out there said like, it's great. I never have to see my project manager. And especially now, right, during, you know, these times and the pandemic times, being able to establish a remote working style that reduces the risk on the job site is massive. I agree. Well, I remember for me as well, when uh, when I was working out on site as a super, I remember every two weeks I had to go into the office. Sometimes, you know, I had to go in every week to give him the way bills and this and continuously drop stuff off. But, you know, now with even with my guys, like it's so much easier. Just click, click, click. You see the photos, you have a question, 
give them a call. Hey, what about this? Oh, you've done this. That's fantastic. It just, it just eases so much more off of your mind, right? So I don't know if you've ever read the book, Getting Things Done by David Allen, but he, he has this idea of like, you only have so much real estate in your brain for thinking, right? And the guys that become really successful are able to take tasks and uh, put them like in a task list effectively and keep room in their brain for high decisions, right? Like high stakes decisions. So if you're able to manage your tasks and you know your guys on site are going to get the job done, you can start focusing on more important things like sales, communicating with your clients and so forth. Yeah, the growth mindset at the end of the day, instead of operations, right? I think that's one of the big key things that I've struggled with as as I've been growing is, and maybe it's that uh, stubbornness, shall we say, of you know <laughs> getting yourself out of the operations and, as they say, working on the business instead of in the business, yeah, right? Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. So, so tell me about your your uh, like the market right now for for level. I know I touched on it earlier, and I know we've been talking mainly as far as you know a residential contractor, you know, in terms of like a GC or that kind of stuff. But like Level seems to be a pretty versatile software. I mean, it feels like you could have uh, sub-trades, specialty companies as well using something like this, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, just bringing it back to the numbers, right? Um, I'm really good with numbers, having been an accountant and a little OCD at, at times about it, if I'm being honest <laughs> with myself just because it's always bring, bringing it back to the bottom line, like what is your profitability? Yes, it can be applied to commercial construction as well, especially contractors, as much as, and like I might get in trouble for saying this, but like as much as commercial construction think they're different to residential construction, there are very similar, you know, things that go on on a job site, especially around managing money that you can, can go across any trade. You know what? I will definitely agree with that coming from a background with my company where we started out doing residential, then started doing both and now commercial. I would say the estimating side is different, but once you're on a project site, the flow is pretty similar, right? But, you know, and how you assign the tasks are similar, how you try to figure out your revenue is is pretty similar. Uh, maybe the codes are slightly different, but but maybe that's about it, right? Exactly. Now, tell me a little bit about the future of what you see. I mean, you guys are, are young, as it were, but I know you might feel like you've been, you know, going at this for quite a while. But but tell me a little bit more about, you know, what you envision for Level's future going forward. That's a great question. So if you go to our website and you go to our About, about Us page, the one thing that you'll read there is that, you know, Elon Musk is planning to send people to Mars, you know, guess who's on that first ship. And you can bet your bottom dollar that skilled trades are going to be on there, right? Your wilders, your builders, and so forth. It's not going to be your doctors and lawyers. So then the question becomes is, the question becomes like, why as a society do we look down at that, prof that profession, right? So our big thing about Level is trying to be a catalyst for a way uh, to change the way in which society views the construction industry. So a blue-collared worker should be looked at like a doctor or a lawyer, so forth. And there's a couple of things that we're doing around that. So mental health is a big issue in this industry. According to the CPC, construction has the highest male suicide rate oh, compared wow, really? to any other occupational group. So, you know, we've pledged 1% of our revenue going forward to helping mental health in this industry and hopefully keep growing that because especially when I look at a builder, I, I see an artist. Right. I see I see an artist. I see someone who's building something for someone else and is using their skills to do that. And they sh and as an artist, you should love your work. But 
often, you know, if you ask a builder if they love their work, two out of 10 will say they do, but the other 80% don't. So, you know, if I envision level five or 10 years from now, I'd love for our tool to be something that helps construction uh, feel great about their work. For example, like we often joke, one idea that we had was there's a big disconnect between the builder or the blue collar worker and the final product. So for example, if you build a hospital as a blue collar worker in that project, you don't know how many patients have gone through there and lives have been saved, right? So being able to connect that information and say, hey, it's the 10th anniversary that you've built this after you built this uh, hospital and it saved, you know, thousands of lives. And, and you were a part standing. of that. You were a part of that. And it's just, you know, those little Easter eggs down in the future, we call them Easter eggs, um, is a big, big part of what we're trying to do for the industry, right? Nice. And it sounds like you guys are doing a lot for in terms of, you know, what you feel as a company, but I think it's also a core extension of who you and Riley are, right? Of, of what your mindset in terms of social responsibility is, right? Does that come from certain core values that both of you kind of aligned on that you wanted level to present on? And can you speak a little bit more to that? Yeah. So as I mentioned in the beginning of this talk, uh, my mom is a clinical psychologist. Um, she actually is the co-founder of a psychiatric ward in South Africa. And as the pandemic started happening, it was scary to see the mental health aspect, you know, surfacing from this, from, from this pandemic. And it quickly dawned on us that this is going to be a massive problem going forward. And something that was like quite a big wake-up call for us was that we actually lost an electrician really close to us during this time because of mental health and it just it kind of was a bit of an earthquake to us an eye-opening experience where we said you know we started going down this path and realizing how bad mental health is in this space and you know we really want to be a part of fixing that problem that's pretty awesome i mean i think you're right you know we in construction I like to joke uh, with my trades, even they tell me the same thing because my clients tell me too, you know, can you start tomorrow and finish yesterday? So the minute you're on that job site, it almost feels like there's this pressure to not just finish early, but to have like the highest level of, of service and, you know, craftsmanship on a project. And, you know, we all have personal lives too. And, you know, I, I think, I know it's, it's affected me at times too. You know, we, we all, we all have kind of been there. So, you know, I applaud you guys for, for, for pushing on that. Right now we've talked about, you know, where you think it's going and stuff. Can level be a global platform? You think, you think it's uh, something that you want to aspire to be kind of thing, because with the integrations, you literally can, right? Cause it's really, it's manpower, hours and material at the end of the day. Yeah. And money, we need investment, right? To kind of do all the translations and hire. Yes. But I think eventually definitely a global player would be something great, right? Like we want to instill change in this industry. And just to kind of so bring back to that point about happy employees, right? I think culture is really overlooked in the construction industry. If you look at a company like Zappos, why they did so well and they got bought for like, you know, millions of dollars by Amazon was that their mantra was like, happy employees equal happy clients. So if your employees are happy, they will result in happy clients and clients will refer and success falls on success and your business becomes greater. And just being able to, bring that change, not only to the English speaking, um, you know, markets, because those are the ones that we're focusing on at the moment, but to bring that globally. Yeah. That gives me goosebumps, yeah, but it's, it's, it's cool. You know, you're right. That's a pretty interesting and fascinating theme. That's actually been coming up with, with a few of my episodes. It's the concept of culture within every company. Like no one's 
just, I mean, we have options now in terms of how we make our money, right? So, you know, it might be a good platform so people can actually tangibly see how they're performing, you know, and either put their boss's feet to the fire saying, hey, you thought I was going to take so much longer. <laughs> look, look, look how I did or, or whatever, the, or nowhere to improve on. Because sometimes we struggle trying to figure out how we can improve and where we can improve, right? And as I mentioned, you know, we focus on helping business owners understand the market value of their employees, right? Like if, if you have to decide between contracting someone and hiring someone, contracting them is effectively the market price of that employee, right? But there are ways to improve the market price of that employee and that could be giving them assets. And like one of the worst things that can happen on a job site is if you've got a skilled trade and they're poached by a competitor. So being able to understand how much you can actually, you know, pay that employee to stay on your payroll and in your business is huge right completely agree with you leroy so now tell me where can uh, where can our listeners find you where can they find level check the level even just to learn more about your software they can find us on checkthelevel.com alternatively if they'd like to email me directly they can do that at on leroy at checkthelevel.com that's two e's in my name not one um, and then you know he, they're all on linkedin as well and all those, the regular platforms as well. So get in touch with Leroy. Leroy, it's been fantastic chatting with you, loving hearing how that thought process came. I'm always fascinated to find out, you know, what's inspired people to to tackle a gap that, uh, especially in our market, that seems like there are a lot of gaps that need to be filled. Yeah, exactly. That was great, Raul. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. Thanks a lot, Leroy. Well, that was yet another fascinating conversation with a startup that seems to have found another gap in our industry and is just pushing forward with it. It's been so amazing to be talking to all of these people that are, you know, finding some of these gaps and and, and pushing with them and, and changing our industry for the better. Next week, Linda Kafka joins us to talk about her new conference and what she's pushing in the Canadian marketplace. And that's a livable environment in our residential homes. People might say it's live able, but really it's focused on, you know, how do we set up our residential homes for our future? You know, why aren't we doing it now? What are the next steps in doing that? Where do we start with these things? It's a fascinating conversation, you know, that has really opened up my eyes on some of the uh, steps that really need to be taken for, uh, you know, not just the aging population, but, you know, other people who, who need a home that suits their specific needs as well. It's a fascinating conversation and I strongly encourage you not to miss it. It was really eye-opening for myself as well. 